Well, Merry Christmas to you all. We are so glad that you are joining us online to celebrate Christmas with us. And we're just honored by your presence. And something we like to say around here is we don't believe it's any accident that you have tuned in today. We believe that God has led you here and he has something that he wants to speak into your life today. So we're excited about that. Now, have you ever had a time in your life when there was a song or some lyrics from a song that fit the moment absolutely perfectly. Like I remember back when I was in fifth grade basketball and warming up before a game and having the song, The Final Countdown, come over the speakers and we were so pumped up and ready to go and to play the game. You know, maybe you won a tournament or you won a game and Queens, we are the champions came on and you felt so good. You know, maybe during the pandemic, you listened to REM's, it's the end of the world as we know it. And it just felt right. Maybe today you stuck your head out the door just for a moment, or maybe you even had to go run some errands. And if you're from the 80s like me, you know, Ice Ice Baby would be very appropriate. Or if you're a classic rock fan, maybe it's Cold as Ice. And let me also say, whoever was playing White Christmas on repeat for the last month, I'd like to have a word with you. There's also a very well-known Christmas carol, which we just heard in that medley of songs, and it's called Oh Holy Night. And there's a line in that song that sticks out to me because I think it is so appropriate for what we're going through these days. And that line says, the weary world rejoices. The weary world rejoices. I think that perfectly sums up celebrating Christmas in the year 2020. You know, as we celebrate this holiday, probably different than we ever imagined, do you feel at least a little bit weary? If you say yes to that question, you need to know you are not alone. Now, Christmas comes along each year and it reminds us that there is a reason to have hope and to have joy and that we can find peace even amidst the darkness and the struggles of this world. But you might be thinking today, do I really have a reason to have hope? Is there really any reason to have joy? Where can I find that kind of peace? You know, maybe you lost your job this past year. Maybe you're just grieving, not being able to celebrate Christmas with all of your family and friends like you usually do. Or maybe you're grieving the loss of a family member or a close friend. Looking around, it's easy to see a lot of darkness in our world, and it can even feel like the darkness is overcoming the light. There's pain, there's injustice, there's division, there's anger, and it all seems to swallow up the light. And I was reading this past week about one of the big Christmas ornament companies, that every year they come out with a commemorative ornament for the particular year. So they were trying to figure out what to do for the year 2020, and one of their employees came up with a great idea. It's a dumpster fire. You actually put batteries in it, and the flames kind of flicker. It's kind of been that kind of year, hasn't it? 
But then add on to that the fact that I think all of us are just feeling tired. Aren't we? We're just feeling tired, tired of waiting. It's been nine, ten months of everything being turned upside down. Maybe for Christmas, all you really want is a nap. Maybe you just want to go to sleep and then hope you wake up and all of this year has just been a bad dream. But you see, when we are honest about those emotions and feelings, when we start to acknowledge that we are tired and we are weary and we are broken and we feel like we're surrounded by darkness, well, suddenly we have a whole lot in common with the people of the first century who had been waiting for the coming of the Messiah. You see, for 400 years, there had been silence. The last prophet in the Old Testament's name was Malachi. And then for 400 years, the people of God hadn't heard directly from God. And they were wondering what was going on. Was he still there? Was he going to follow through on all of his promises? And so they cried out to him, God, how much longer? Where is the Messiah? But all they heard was silence. No more words, no more prophets, no more text messages, just silence. And it felt dark, like the light was gone. Felt like God was just on vacation. And maybe that's the way you felt this year. Maybe you too have wondered, God, where are you in all of this? God, did you just leave and go on vacation and forget about us? God, why do you feel so distant and so silent? But the thing is, in the first century, God was so much closer than the people could even imagine. And the same thing is true for us. God is so much closer than we even know. And he was planning on entering into our broken world. He was planning on entering into the darkness of this world in the form of a helpless baby named Jesus. Now, when the angels appeared to the shepherds, they said, I bring you good news of great joy. That's what people wanted. They wanted good news. They wanted a reason to be joyful. But the angel says, the reason you can have joy, you can have joy in the brokenness, joy in the darkness, is because a Savior has been born. And the shepherds were so excited that they ran to meet the Christ child, and their lives were changed. Now, when you read through the Christmas story, there's a whole parade of people who show up. And maybe as a child, you got to play a part in a nativity play. You got to be one of these characters, perhaps wearing, you know, a big robe, or maybe you had some wings and you were one of the angels. Now, I was a pastor's kid, and so I remember being in many nativity plays, but I also remember acting some of these things out at our home during Christmas parties. My sister and I would go and grab our parents' bathrobes, and we would act the story out, and then being pastor's kids, we always remembered to take an offering afterwards. So pro tip, kids, make sure you get your offering but as we go through all of the different characters of the Christmas story, there's something they have in common. You see, they come into the picture weary. 
broken, struggling, questioning. And once they meet Jesus, they leave changed and they leave rejoicing. You know, take for instance, Mary. She was a young teenager and suddenly she was told that she was pregnant with the Messiah. And what she did is she chose to trust. She trusted God. And because of that, she praised him and she rejoiced for the gift that Jesus was. Joseph was engaged to Mary. Imagine finding out your fiance is pregnant and He's going to quietly divorce her. But when an angel appears to him, he's filled with fear. But instead of caving into fear, he has faith. And he's a man of God. He trusts God. And he's able to rejoice being the father of Jesus. Well, then the shepherds, they're the outcasts. No one wants a shepherd around. Yet the angels chose them to tell the good news to first. And when they hear this good news, they run to meet Jesus, but they're not even sure they're going to be allowed to see him. But when they come in and they see Jesus face to face, it says they leave rejoicing and they go tell everyone that they can about him. Well, then in Matthew's gospel, we have the wise men, the wise men who come from the far east. They're intellectuals, they're scientists. They're asking big questions like, what's the meaning of life? They're on a quest. And so they follow the star and they come and they see Jesus. And when they enter his presence, they fall down and they worship him and they give him their priceless gifts. And they too leave rejoicing. You see, person after person, they went from struggle to hope. They went from weariness to rejoicing. They went from darkness to light simply by meeting Jesus face to face. And you know what? That same joy, that same hope, and that same peace is available to you and to me today. Well, much later in Jesus' life, he makes an amazing promise, which I believe is something we need to hear, especially in this crazy year. So in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says to us, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. So Jesus starts out by saying, come to me all who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. Does that describe you at least a little bit? I know it totally resonates with me. And what Jesus promises is that when we come to him, he will give us rest. But the important thing is the kind of rest that Jesus is offering, because it's not just a power nap. It's not just the ability to sleep through the night without tossing and turning and worrying about everything going on, even though that sounds amazing. No, what Jesus says is that what he's offering is rest, For our souls. 
You see, that's what we deep down truly need. We need rest for our souls. Because when we have rest in our souls, then everything else in our life comes into alignment. And so I believe Christmas is a perfect reminder of how Jesus brings rest to our souls. So first, Christmas always reminds us that we are not alone. Jesus came to us first before we could do anything. He bridged the gap between heaven and earth. God wasn't content to watch us from a distance. Instead, he jumped right into the mess and the darkness and the brokenness of this world. Jesus was fully God and fully man, which means he experienced all the ups and downs of life, which also means he understands how you feel on your best day and on your worst day. And it also means that you are never alone, no matter what you're going through. Now, also in Matthew 11, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Now, when you start to read that, you might think, well, that sounds heavy. And that sounds like a burden. But the thing about a yoke that is crafted perfectly is that it fits and it makes the work easier. See, when an ox has its yoke fit perfectly, then it's able to do all that it's intended to do. But a big problem occurs when you have an ill-fitting yoke because then sores and blisters develop and the tissue around it actually dies and the oxen is not able to work any longer. So Jesus says to us, take on my yoke because it's easy and it's light. Now, another thing about yokes is oftentimes they are so that two animals can work side by side and share the load. And so the thing about Jesus' yoke being easy and light is that it fits perfectly and he's right next to us through all that life has to offer. You are never alone. Well, Christmas also reminds us that there is forgiveness for your past. The angel told Mary that she should name her child Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That's what Jesus means. And that's what we all need. Every one of us has a problem with sin. Sin is simply missing the mark. It's falling short of God's standards. And every single one of us, no matter who we are, falls short and misses the mark every single day. But Jesus came to solve our problem with sin. He lived and then he died on the cross and he paid our penalty once and for all. And so because of what he's done for us, because of his death and his resurrection, we have forgiveness for our past, which gives us rest for our souls Well, also Christmas reminds us that there is peace in the present. It's so easy to be overwhelmed and to be stressed out and to be troubled by our present circumstances. But Jesus shows again and again that he's able to bring calm to any storm. He's able to bring good out of any situation. 
Now, one time he told us that in this world, you will have trouble. And the year 2020 is the poster child for that statement. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He says, but I have overcome the world. And he says, in me, you will find peace. Well, Christmas also reminds us that there is hope for the future. Jesus died and rose again so that we can have hope for eternity. That this life is not all that there is. This life is just a blip on the timeline of eternity. But when we trust in Jesus, when we put our faith in him, we have the assurance, we have the promise that we will spend eternity with him in heaven in God's presence, which is the very best place you can be because it's where we were created to be. See, this is the kind of rest, rest for our souls that Jesus offers to us beginning on Christmas. The reminder that you are not alone, that there is forgiveness for your past, that there is peace in the present, and there is hope for the future. But you might wonder, well, what does that cost? What's the catch? Well, all Jesus asks us to do is to come to him. That's all that's left. He takes care of all of the other details. And so just like the shepherds, just like the wise men, just like so many others, we simply need to come to him. And then he will give us rest for our souls. So on this Christmas Eve, the question is, will you come? You know, perhaps you need to return to Jesus again. You once were close, but now you feel like you're far, you're distant from him. And what you need to know today is that he's waiting for you with open arms. Or perhaps you've never come to him before. My question for you is, what are you waiting for? Today could be the day that you make him your friend and your savior. As we close out our time together, I want to invite you to pray a prayer of commitment with me. I want to invite you to ask Jesus into your heart and into your life, whether it's for the first time or whether it's to recommit your life. So I'm going to pray, and you can pray along with me in your heart. Let's pray. Jesus, I admit to you that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that you died and rose again, defeating, defeating sin and evil. I receive you into my life to bring me peace with God and peace with others. Forgive me and give me a fresh start. And help me to live for you each and every day. Thank you for your amazing gift. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer today with me, we believe you are a new creation. We believe that you have salvation in Jesus and that he will give you rest for your souls. Now, we would love to give you some resources. We would love to walk with you in your relationship with Christ. And so if you prayed that prayer with me today, I'm going to ask you to text the words, I believe, put it all together as one, I believe, 
to the number 94090. I believe to 94090. We'd love to get in touch with you. So have a very merry and Christ-filled Christmas.